Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Before we dive into today's show, as many of you know, we are facing incredible censorship. If you appreciate this show and content, please go over to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list and stay in touch. Join the membership for exclusive content. Consider becoming a patron, share the content, and consider taking the kindness challenge and doing three kind acts a day for a week. Now let's get into tonight's show. Our guest is a brand and lifestyle marketing guru who's made a living out of shaping and advising corporations and brands on how to forge their path in the world. As the owner of the global brand and marketing agency, The Sharp Alliance, she has spent 30 years cultivating brands, businesses, deals, and personalities. She is the author of the new book, Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For? Welcome to the show, Kathy Sharp Ross. Well, thank you so much, Matt. It's really good to he be here. And I love that background. It's beautiful. Thank you. Tibetan Mandala. Can't really get, can't really get uh, better than that. You know, I'm excited to have you on the show. I know that you, from talking to you just before we, we aired here, you're a busy lady. You have clients and people you're advising all over the planet. So that's got to be fun, but also probably challenging with time zones. Um, but why don't you give us a little bit about your background and then what inspired you to write this book? Because I think that the content of the book to reinvent yourself, to really you know, analyze what you're doing in your life and where you're going and forging your own path couldn't be more important right now. And I think a lot of people are facing these critical uh, questions. So why don't you tell us uh, yeah, a little bit about yourself in the book? Thank you. I'd love to. So my background, as I um, shared with you a little while ago, I grew up in Australia and that has a bit to do with the story only because I was fortunate in that I grew up around the world, not just Australia. I lived in different places, had a wonderful background traveling, meeting people from all walks of life and landed in the States, um, been living here since I was 14 years old. But I think I was thrown into a lot of new situations, meeting great people, um, meeting, making a lot of new friends over and over throughout my life. So as I grew older, I knew there wasn't a box and there was no putting me in a box. <laughs> when I got out of college, I thought, you know, I don't want to just go work at a company and work my way up the corporate ladder. I didn't really understand that concept. I understood playgrounds. I understood diversity. I understood curiosity. Um, I was always intrigued by other people's stories and I knew I kind of had an interesting story coming to the conversation, whatever that was. So I think that really set the, the tone for what I was going to try to create and, and manifest in my life. And at a very young age, right out of college, I said, I'm not going to go work for other people. I want to have my own business. And I didn't really think of it as a business. I really thought of it as I want to have my own playground. I want to have my own space. I want to invite people into my world that I want to do things with and I want to build things with and I want to create with and I want to grow and accelerate their companies. And so I really set out to do that from the, from the get-go. And here I am 32 years later with a company called the Sharp Alliance, which I've now been running for 32 years. I had a few little hiatus moments in between where I tried going to work for other people. I thought it was a very novel idea, but that didn't last long in either case because it just wasn't my thing. I'm a very free spirit and I needed to kind of do my own thing my way. Um, and it was probably about 10 years ago in all that I do in business, I travel a lot. I deal with a lot of industries, entertainment, sports, fashion, luxury, travel, content, children's properties, cause related. And I would, you know, hear from my friends all the time. You're so lucky. You love what you do. You have a great time. You make money. You seem to be successful, whatever that means. But whatever you're doing, it feels like you're doing the right thing. And everybody was kind of like trying to climb that corporate ladder. And I was sort of doing my own thing and having the time of my life. And I was having dinner with a very dear friend of mine one night in New York. I used to go to New York every month for the last 25 years until about seven months ago because something called COVID happened. And I was sitting at dinner and I said, you know, it's really funny. People tell me I'm lucky, but it's not lucky. I created this. This was by design. I knew at an early age what I wanted and what I didn't want to create in my life. And I think anybody can do that. They just need to know that they're entitled. They have to figure out how to put the right roadmap together to actually be able to do that. 
And it set me on this path. And in that moment, I said, I think I'm going to write a book about this. And, you know, yes, I've been writing my entire life because what I do is a communications and marketing uh, specialist, but I never thought about writing a book until that very moment. So when I did, and that sort of came out of me, I thought, okay, well, there's a stake in the ground. And this is kind of how I do things. I say something and then I'm like, okay, now I've got to do it. Um, and that was the beginning moment. That was the catalyst conversation for this whole topic around reinvention. And I felt like if people could just understand what's possible and put the right program in place to really develop that, they could have what they want. And the world would be a much better place if everybody was a little bit happier in doing what they wanted. A hundred percent. I absolutely agree. And it's great to have you on the show because you are working with so many different industries. So you're, you're able to see a lot of success in multiple areas and, and probably a lot of businesses. I'm sure some of them are like, how the heck have you created a business? Someone was telling me, I don't know if it was on the podcast or it was a private conversation. I think it was on the podcast, but somebody created this amazing business making art with butter or something ridiculous like that. She's wow. like this butter artist sculptor thing. I was like, what are you even talking about? And so it kind of opens up the mind to possibility, which is, which is the first thing. And a job, a nine to five job is guaranteed. And that's why it's very scary to go out on your own to try to be an entrepreneur. A lot of people fail um, and it's challenging, but usually if you're going to go into entrepreneurship, it's something you're inspired to do. You enjoy it. You're passionate about it. You're curious about it. And in we were talking about this a little bit before we started, but you know they say in Buddhism, your dharma or your life path. You know that's something you're inspired to do. It's like what you who you are made to be. And I feel right. like that's so important. And so what I'd like to ask you is to give us the entire roadmap from A to Z. How do we if we're in this thing and we don't know who we you know, what we want to do or where we want to right. go. How do we identify that? And then you right. talk a lot about fear, which is really important. And then how do we move into that entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship space with, with confidence, you know, like saying you're entitled to, but it's, it's terrifying. You know what I right. mean? Right. Well, and there's so many layers to this conversation. I'm excited that we've got a bit of time to dig into this. Um, where do I begin? Let's see. Well, look, let's go back to the very beginning of that stirring feeling that one has, right? One is either, look, we're all looking at social media, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, it definitely creates a lot of anxiety. You don't have to be a teenager to be, you know, cast under that anxiety spell that social media creates. Um, we look at our friends and colleagues and people around us and say, wow, look what they have, look what they're doing. They're so happy. And I just alluded to what so many people have said to me for so many years because they were envious that I was living this sort of independent life and I wasn't beholden to a company and a nine to five job and sort of this sort of in the box kind of living. And I think the moment we start to recognize and hear, which means we have to start listening to ourselves a little better right? We have to be able to tune into those aha moments, those gnawing feelings, those things we think about, and then we sweep them right under the rug. We're entitled to stop and listen and actually go, wait a minute, maybe there's a there there. Maybe I need to start really thinking about what is, what is making me want more of that or explore the desire to explore something new. And I'm not just talking about business and work and career, health, spirituality, hobbies, passions, all parts of ourself, our relationships. Are we really in the best relationship for us? Are we really living the most healthful lifestyle or are we wishing every day that we could start a new fitness regimen and we saying every other week, I'm going to start a diet or I'm going to, you know, go gluten-free or I'm going to become a, like something is making us think that. And it's either, you know, the wanderlust, it's the envy of others, it's the desire to have a better sense of self. So why are we not acting on it? So if you really start to tune into yourself and really allow yourself to listen to that, you're going to become more aware. One of the chapters in my book, which is called Reinvent Your Life, What Are You Waiting For? One of the chapters is, hello, are you still in there? So what happened to that 
five-year-old, that 12-year-old, that 18-year-old when you got out of high school going, I'm going to take on the world and I'm going to do this with my life. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, you wake up and say, uh, what am I doing with my life, right? So we've got to learn how to listen to ourselves and tune back into who we are and what we desire and what's really going to be good for our souls. Because we all do that. We're going to show up to be much better human beings and we're going to connect in a whole different way. So that's first and foremost. The next question I always get is, that's all great, but how do I figure out what I want? So if you don't know and you're not having these aha moments, how do you start to discover for a lot of people who may have exited the workforce to raise families, right? And they come back and they're kind of like, okay, the kids are growing up. I'm about to be an empty nester. I have no idea what I'm interested in. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. How do you start to figure out and tune in? One of the most important exercises that I ask everybody to do is to take out a piece of paper and a pen and write down the things that you value in life. And then the second column is make a list of all the things that you're doing that you spend your time on. What do you actually spend your time doing versus what you value in life. And typically those two columns will not align very well. And the moment you start taking a look at that and you realize that you're really not living your true north, that you're really not spending your days, your hours, your weeks, your months doing things that really support your value system, then it's time to start really taking a closer look at that. And so we want to tune into our passions. We want to tune into our interests. We want to be working in fields that speak to us. And look, there is most definitely a reality about putting food on the table, a roof over our head. And I am not negating that in any way whatsoever, but I am here to say that you could have a 10 or 20 year reinvention and know that in 20 years from now, you are going to wake up having created the life that you want. Nobody said that you have to have it in 10 minutes or six months or a year. But if you're raising kids and you've got two jobs and you're a single parent, yeah, odds are it's not the best time to be thinking about that, you know, complete 360 turn. But if you can put money in the coffee jar every week, if you can spend spend time researching, looking into something that you want to create, there are ways to do it. And those are the things that we, you know, we need to start allowing ourselves the permission. I call it entitlement. We have to feel entitled to create the lives that we want. And there's no reason that we can't. I love all that. That's wonderful. And I was thinking um, at one of the parts there, this is like, uh, well, what, what happened to that inner voice? It's like, it's real life, you hippie. You know, that's whatever. That's what everybody always told me. You know, and good. And so like- go be an adult hippie. Go do it. Where where like, can wait, you do it? Yeah. Where can you do that? Where can you kick your you know your shoes off and look? I've got this fantasy I've yet to fulfill. And again, like I might do this in ten years or five years or whatever. My ultimate fantasy is to run a bar on a beach with my feet in the sand, talking to happy people all day. I wouldn't need all of this. I guarantee that's going to be that's going to be your retirement. It's going to happen, and it's going to be the greatest bar of all. So time. simple, so fun. <laughs> happy people, cocktails, feet in the sand, sun shining. I'll need a hut. I won't need two cars and how many television sets. I mean, really. So we create our own chaos, and. I think we need to start really thinking, and I I really believe that the sad and tragic irony of what we've been through in the last eight months is it has given us cause to pause our lives and to really think more. And ironically, my book's publishing date was March 7th. That was not my intention when I decided 10 years ago, as I told you, to write a book. Oh, I'm going to wait till there's a pandemic. I'm going to wait till I can't go on a book tour. I'm going to make sure that I can't reach people and I can't have events. No, that was not my plan. But isn't it kind of ironic that the whole world is reinventing itself right now? And this is when my book shows up. Maybe not so. 
right? I didn't write a book about white elephants. I wrote a book about reinventing your life. And what I talk about in here is going into the quiet, finding a moment in time to listen to ourselves. If you think about your life a year ago, the hair on fire, running around, traveling, going, doing, plans every night of the week, social activity, family activities, responsibilities that just forced us to be constantly, constantly on and going. And in the last eight months, we have been forced to sit down <laughs> and stay put, whether it was for a month, three months, six months, wherever we are in the world and whatever those you know, parameters have been on us, we have collectively as an entire universe been asked to take a breath. And that's either an invitation or you feel forced, but either way, you've been given that gift of time. So I find it quite special that my book has become available at a time like this that does take you through the five steps, the 10 steps, the 20 steps of how to do it. I tell stories from 30 incredible men and women who have these amazing stories of their journey and what they've been through in all different areas of their life. So it's pretty incredible. Well, I, you know, I love all of it and I, I absolutely agree. And you, you said a couple of things that were really key, you know, talking about a, a, being a kid and, and, and making everything fun in a playground yeah. and saying that you created your life deliberately. And that's something that I did. And you also um, spoke on, spoke on being at a bar and just putting your feet in the sand. And it's interesting because I just released this quantum heart hypnosis um, program, or I'm going to, and the whole idea was asking the questions you're asking. Like when I'd ask people, um, if you had a million dollars deposited every single day in your bank, what would you do? And always the answers are simple, but our analytical mind is, is so much on a hamster wheel. It's so hard to relax. And so I did this process for hundreds of people and thousands of people have gone through it. And when they tell me what they actually want, how they would live their life if yeah. money were no object, money isn't even a part of that thing. Yeah. It's going on the beach and, um, you know, putting the feet in the sand and like serving some beer. It's, it's like being around good people. It's growing in some sort of way. Yeah. It's actually simple. And, you know, your list is really great there because you can say, okay, what are my values? My kids, my friends, my family, I'm learning education in this. Well, how much are you doing? Zero. Then you also say, it's not going to be immediate. And, you know, I feel like this is the idea that we've been sold this uh, quick fix, you know what I mean? And this give it to me now mentality yeah. when, hey, when you lock into, you know, who you want to create, who do you want to be? This is going to be a five or 10 year experience. You could be working two jobs and, you know, have no idea what you want. And Stephen Kotler would talk about just putting 4% in, improving by 4%, but each week actually putting 10 to 20% into your passions, your curiosities. And so what happens is we give it a hard zero, right? Rather than doing something, we actually give it a hard zero. But how different would our life be if we just gave it 10% per week, maybe 30 minutes a day, maybe yeah. 20, maybe 15 minutes a day, just to journal, just to research something, just to keep that energy in motion over five years, you're going to be in a totally 100%. different space. Right. And I, I talk a lot about that. There is a great necessity to schedule time for ourselves, something that we don't do, the self-care, the one talks about, but with real intention around whatever that goal is. So think about it. You do a reinvention roadmap. If you create that roadmap for yourself, when you get in the car and you want to go somewhere that you haven't been, you have to put an address in. The GPS system will now give you very specific directions. Make a left turn, make a right turn, go two miles, make another right, make another left. That is what we have to create for ourselves if we want to wake up one day and say, I want X in the future. It's not going to just happen it's not going to show up on your doorstep. We have to create it. And we can have all the excuses in the world as to why we can and what's going to be in the way and all these naysayers around us, which we really need to not be listening to. But you have to be responsible and accountable. And that also means scheduling time to do exactly what you just said. When can I research? Oh, I'm busy. I have two jobs. I've got two kids to raise. I'm a single parent. But you know what? Mom, I need you to take the kids for one hour on Saturday at three o'clock. 
I'm going to spend that hour doing X, Y, Z for myself. Friend, neighbor, partner, whoever, where there is a will, there is always a way. So we can all make all the excuses in the world that we want, but it is easier when you have a roadmap in front of you and you can say, okay, I have broken this down to 10 pieces, 200 pieces. It's a five minute reinvention. It's a 10 year reinvention, but I am going to touch it in some way every day or every week or every month. And I'm going to work my way towards making that happen. No excuses needed. And it sounds idealistic, but the reality is if you did that just for a month, if you woke up 30 minutes earlier every day and took a walk while you listen to the news or took a walk while you do that first phone call or whatever it is that you feel like you can't do two things at once, you can. You can get that exercise in every single day for 30 minutes and make sure that if there's somebody you need to be on a conversation with, then do it together or listen to some research or great podcasts about things that you're interested in that will fuel your passion for whatever it is that you want to be doing. So we have to take responsibility for ourselves and be a little more accountable to scheduling that time for ourselves and also sharing with another person. Accountability is a big part of this process. If you tell one other person, I want to lose weight, I'm going to work out three times a week. These are my goals. I really want a new job. I'm going to start researching X. I need to like grow a vegetable garden like nobody's business. This is the time. This is the place. Whatever that is, it's yours. Own it. But tell one other person because you know what? Hopefully if it's the right person, it's a friend and pick the right person intentionally. They're going to check in on you. They're going to ask you how it's going. You're going to feel a little more responsible (laughs) to getting it done and having an answer. And sometimes that may be what you need to pull you through. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, it's, I'm kind of scrolling the chapters of your book. I, I looked at it before the show and one of the other key things that you said is, you know, listening to that inner voice, right? But when we do that, we don't know sometimes the end of the road exactly how it's going to shape. All we know is that one next step. And as we take that next step and we either listen to our inner voice or we don't. And a lot of people will say, oh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I think, I think most people do. And and if you don't, just start to quiet the mind and like, well, what would you do if you had a little bit of freedom right now? That's the next thing. But what's happened is real life has kind of beaten that inner voice out because the external world has said, hey, you know, don't listen to that. And, and the only distinction between my life and so many other people was listening to that inner voice. I knew that I wanted, you know, when college was done, that I didn't want to work a nine to five job. I wanted to snowboard. And so I went and I snowboarded like 140 days a year for like six years. But when I did that, I was researching things on consciousness, personal development, spirituality. I was basically, you know, independently researching all the topics that I really enjoyed. Then I traveled the world to go around and be with all of those experts. I had no idea how I was going to figure all that out. I was writing in my journal from like 18 about the world travels I was going to do. Finally, at like 30, I did all of those travels, but it was something in my mind. I was like, you know what? It's, it's good enough right now that I'm snowboarding one of the best mountains in the world yeah. all day, every day. Right. And why but not? Cause you always, could, you could, it always got a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like right. at first I had to work as a snowboard instructor. So that's pretty close. Yeah. Then the next year I only had to work part-time and I was doing, um, private lessons for much more money. Then the year after that, I had an online business making money um, and only coaching the athletes that I wanted to coach. So I was basically paid to ride exactly where I was going to go to show people around. Like, but I kept writing it down. I kept refining and it was a journey. And the issue is here with your book, I don't know if you're going to sell any copies because you tell too much of the truth. You don't give them this to be reinvent yourself magic. There's no work required and you have to do nothing. Right. And, and so, no, well, thank God I put, as you saw, there are 26 power tools in here. There is work. As a matter of fact, I tell people and no author in their right mind is going to tell you to put their book down about three times throughout the book. I say, put the book down pick up a piece of pen, paper and pen and write this down. Do these exercises. Don't sit there going, oh yeah, great idea. Keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Put the book on a shelf and go, well, 
that didn't work. <laughs> no, you have to do the work. And you know what? It's self-work. It's the work you want to be doing. It's the work that's going to be the most rewarding. And, you know, on that note, reward yourself every step of the way. Every little milestone, every conversation, every little bit of research, every note that you make, every org chart that you create, everything that you do that is a step towards whatever that end goal is, and it shouldn't be an end goal, it's just the next goal, that, that is something to pat yourself on the back for. And I think, you know, fear is a big reason why people actually don't make those changes. They don't see, you know, they don't, that fear, fear is just one of these paralyzing emotions that most people have. It's either fear of failure, it's fear of change, it's fear of not figuring it out, it's fear of what others will say about what you want to do or judge you. And those are real feelings, but we've got to change our relationship with the word fear. We've got to change our relationship with the emotion of fear. And the more you break down your, your game plan, your roadmap that I talk about, the more you break that down into bite-sized pieces, are you really afraid to go on the computer at 11 o'clock at night and do some research? I don't think so. Are you really afraid to take out a piece of paper and write down your ideas and ways that you could do that? I don't think so. The whole concept of that change in your life could be daunting. But when you start putting the pieces in place and you recognize that every one of those is a stepping stone to get to where you want to be, you'll become more comfortable with every step. You'll become more familiar with it. Change won't seem so foreign to you. It'll start to be something that you grow into, that you start to embrace because you're getting more comfortable with the notion of what it is that you want to create or do or have. And that word fear will start to distill a little bit. And, you know, that, that's, that may sound lofty, but conceptually, that can really work for people. And it takes, it takes work to make it work. But that is a really important thing because we tend to make excuses because of fear. We're afraid to tackle it. Yeah, hundred percent fear. There's there's so many quotes on. I think one of them is fear cure, kills more dreams than than anything else. It's something yeah. along those lines. And yeah, and in extreme sports, we deal with that a lot, right? And right. in real life, in real life, um, in the non-sporting world, it's so interesting because I observe people and I really believe that everyone is capable of greatness in their own way. It takes time. We have our whole life to shape what we want to contribute here. And it's gonna take a t it's gonna take time. I remember reading this article years ago about some guy in a Middle Eastern country spent like fifty years building a road between these two villages. Like he had to hack through some sort of mountain. And apparently this one guy did it. And it wow. took him fifty years and that's what he did. But he actually did it. It was like step by step by step. This one guy, you know, did something extraordinary that will be um a legacy for those villages in that place. And that's a, an insane example, but what would your legacy be if you just chipped away and it always evolves? But the nice thing is you evolve as a person and we have all of these fears that are psychological. They're literally viruses. And if you were fearless and you're like, okay, you know, yeah, people might like, I deal with a lot of artists, you know, a lot of creative people, a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes, and they want to go to that next level. And I say, okay, if you did that and all of your best friends and everybody, you know, wrote you a handwritten letter about how much you suck. <laughs> if right. you could still do it, you've got it because it matters to you. Like that woman who's making butter sculptures or something. Right. What the hell is that? <laughs> so we've got to like, it's hard to do. And we've got to, yeah, definitely change our relationship with fear. And I'd love for you to speak on it. But what I wanted to mention about your book, and this is why I know you're legit. And then I recommend this book just by looking through the chapters because I, I read a lot of books and I Thank listen you. to a ton of audio books. I wrote Zen Athlete in the same way. I want to know what I have to do. If I read a book that's going to make me a better athlete, it better make me a better athlete. If you're going to teach me how to cook, I better know how to cook. I don't want, <laughs> you know, you can give me some of those stories of success stories, fine, but I want mm -hmm. them very limited. What the how to. Personal. I want to know what I have to do. And you're kind of structuring that and say, this is how you do it. It's like, if you want to go to the gym and get in shape, the body's such an easy example. It's like, well, you're going to have to run through these exercises. And if you just come today, 
you're not going to get any result. You have to integrate this in your way of being and it is possible for everyone. And what's required is your will to commit, not to just this plan. You don't have to just go to Pilates class. Um, you don't just have to go to, you know, your um, reinvent strategy, but this is one that I that is uh, effective, and I know because I've tried it with a lot of different people, and you're going to get results. So maybe you prefer once you you know do Pilates and you like cycling, and you see cycling's out there, you can shift it, but you're still in the same arena of personal growth of creation. Right. And I think at the essence of what you're doing is creating your reality and life deliberately. And ninety five percent of people, as an arbitrary number are not doing that. They're, They're doing not, it passively no. with what the environment gives them. Right. And you know, that's I why mean, I if you ask the average person, you know, <laughs> if we were able to walk into a room of 10 people, which we can't do at the moment, but I used to say this, you ask the average person if they're happy with their lives. And most people will not answer that question either honestly, or they will literally tell you that they're not and that there is something in their life that they wish was different, that they wish they could change, that they wish they had more of, whether it's materialistic, whether it's, you know, in love, in passion, in spirituality, there is some part of their life. Most people also don't love their jobs. And, you know, that that's really sad when you think about the amount of hours that we spend doing what we do. But I will say, some people really have to stay in those jobs to keep that roof over their head but what are you doing with the rest of your life? And if you think about it, I've got a great story mentioned in the book. And I met this guy and I was like, oh my goodness, you are my poster boy for this conversation. This is exactly what I'd been talking about for years as a hypothetical situation. I met a gentleman, he, his name is Scott. He worked at a toy company. We were on the way to the licensing show, the international licensing show. He gets on the plane, he's carrying this long rectangular case. And I think, oh, he's got some cool toy in there. We're going to the licensing show. He works at a toy company. He goes to sit down in the chair directly opposite the aisle for me. And so being the very nosy person that I am, I said, so what's in the case? You know, everybody on this plane was going to the licensing show pretty much. I said, what's in the case? What kind of toy? He goes, it's actually my violin. And I thought, well, that's not a violin case. I know what a violin case looks like. He says, it's my violin. And I said, well, that's interesting. Why are you taking it to the licensing show with you? What's, you know, what's happening at your booth at the show? He says, well, actually, I decided a couple of years ago that I wanted to learn how to play the violin. So I went on eBay. I bought a secondhand violin. I went on YouTube. I took violin lessons. And I've taught myself how to play the violin. And every day at lunchtime, I go across the street and I sit in the park and I practice. And when I travel, I take my violin with me and I ask the manager at the hotel if there's an empty meeting room so that I can go down there and practice in between just to kind of, you know, de-stress or what have you while I'm at the conference. And I looked at him and I said, that's what I'm talking about. This guy has got a nine to five job whatever it is, whether or not he's happy, but he is looking for ways to bring other joy into his life and nurture his soul. And he does it every day. And there are countless stories like that where you may be stuck in a job. You may like a job. It may be a job. You may be in a career that you're interested in, but you're losing a bit of interest in. But there are so many parts of our whole self and if we can bring joy into our lives and nurture those other parts of ourselves, then those other things may not be as difficult to deal with. I mean, if you're a happy person and you've got a crappy job, <laughs> then you know, you're going to be able to manage that a little bit better. If you're an unhappy person in a crappy job, then you're just going to be a miserable human being all around. So do the math. You know, Do you really want to just not have any control over your life at all, ever, about anything? I don't think so. Yeah, that's an amazing story. It reminds me of this Seinfeld quote, and it's something like he would write a joke every day, and there's a power in consistency. Most people think that they're going to, um, even again, fitness, you know, they'll, they'll go to the gym, you know, twice a week is like, no, go to the gym every single day. Even if you do a tiny bit, that becomes a part of your life and you make way more progress doing that. And it's so important to 
just be consistent and doing a small thing because otherwise what happens is it just becomes an idea and then there becomes this like angst. And I think what else you're talking about yeah. is, is, is congruence. And so let's like any form of, of mastery, you can take that anywhere. That's why with Zen athlete and why I wrote that is like, if you become a high level athlete, I've interviewed so many different people yeah. that were high level athletes and now yeah. great entrepreneurs because they understand so much about life oh, yeah. and failure and work and effort and training and revising oh, and the discipline and, teamwork and, yeah. and leadership and all of that stuff. So it yeah. can be in music. You're just mastering something. So this guy in the violin, he can take that knowledge anywhere. And so if we can, you know, get some skills there, we can then transfer it. And then the more we apply those lessons, we get to in more and more congruence where I like to ask, like, if you wake up and your day is ideal, what is going on? What are you doing? And you spoke about this at the beginning, when you align that with your values, your curiosities, and also a contribution to other people, you are really aligned. And it's, it's, it's done over time. It's hard and it's easy at the same time. Like when you get really clear, it's like, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. Then I feel like you're, you know, the spirit of the universe or God or whatever you want to see that is, is on your side. It wants you to do that because it's harmonious to all things. And so that's where that faith comes in where, where we're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then your mind goes, oh, well, how you make money. It's all of these viruses of the right, mind right. that prevent you from being cooperative and taking that leap of faith. And from my experience, I have yet to see somebody that was like, yeah, I just did this and it was super easy. I never had to take a leap, leap of faith or my own understanding. And in our own way, even yeah. successful people, like I remember coaching this one person and uh, we got clear on what he wanted to do. And then the next call, he goes to me, he's like, you know, yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, and I was like, I really want to be a, like a billionaire, um, you know, not because of, um, you know, I, I want the money. So I know I could do more good. And I was like, and this guy's awesome, really big heart, sweet individual, fantastic human. Um, but then I was like, holy smokes, like it doesn't matter what that number is. If you make it go farther, then it, it prevents you from doing the thing that you want to do now. Like we had already listed, mm -hmm. like you can do that with less money. So yeah. how do you get more into that piece and then solve it, right? So, you know, there's a million questions I want to ask you, and I know our time's going to get limited here, but um, you have so many tools. And I think that that's why that's wonderful, because it, it shows the path. Like you said, you, there's a map for it. And a lot of people will talk about entrepreneurship and success, and their map isn't very good. What I can see in your table of contents is a very good map of all these checkpoints that as you go through each tool, it's going to get you a little bit closer. So I'd love for you to share every single map in detail but you probably don't have time for that. So why don't you just run through? I, I could, I could give you some highlights. Uh, get, yeah. <laughs> give some Hang highlights. on. I'm going to have to use a cheat sheet <laughs> if that's okay. But this is actually something in the back of the book. Um, it's called the reinvention roadmap in 10 steps. Oh, okay. Right you want yes. me to go through this? Please. Okay. And it will be the abbreviated version, but this is what I outlined for everybody. Number one, find your passion. Number two, decide if you want to monetize it or simply engage in it and enjoy your new journey. Number three, make a plan in stages. This is the roadmap that, we, that works for you. A week, a month, six months, a year. It may be a five-minute plan. It may be a 10-year plan. But really sort of think about the importance of that. And whether it's days or even years, a gradual transition may be required. You know, Tuesday nights, you're going to research a subject. On a Saturday afternoon, you're going to meet with an expert. On a Wednesday morning, you're going to attend a networking breakfast. So find different parts of it and figure out how to put that into your schedule. Number four, set your goals. Financial, emotional, physical, spiritual. Journal and make a list to hold yourself accountable right? And review those goals regularly. You got to keep reminding yourself. There's a big question in all of this, which is the why. Why are you doing this? So figure out your why, because that will always pull you through when you're feeling challenged, overwhelmed, don't feel like it. I'm going to drop the whole idea. Know what your why is. Number five, do the research. Ask questions, talk to people, read blog posts, watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts. Number six, identify mentors. 
really find the people out there that are going to pull you through. They are going to have all the knowledge, all the expertise. They've been through it. They can guide you. They can take some of the pain out of the process. Number seven, assess the skills required. Locate the resources to further your education and seek out conferences, events, lectures, newsletters. Surround yourself with like-minded people. Number eight, immerse yourself in the subject matter. Either intern or volunteer. You think you want to open a chocolate shop on Main Street? Go to the local chocolate shop and say, can I come in here for three hours on a Saturday and work for free? I want to see what it's like. Is it really just that it smells good and I think I want a chocolate shop because I'm a chocoholic? Or is it like, I really want to run a chocolate shop, right? So immerse yourself in it. Figure out, you may be over this, this idea in about three days, you know, so really do that. Number nine, get to it. Stop analyzing it. Analysis causes paralysis, right? So get to it. Take the small steps if you need to, and most definitely reward yourself, which I talked about earlier. Remember, Rome was not built in a day. So just start putting one foot in front of the other. And number 10, be prepared to modify your plan. So things are going to come up, bumps in the road, situational things that we can't control, financial situations, that surprise tax bill that you got for the year that you weren't expecting. You decide that, you know, you, you're going to, there, there's so many things that are going to come up in your life that are going to throw a wrench into your plan. Be prepared for that and be prepared to pivot and be prepared to make a left turn or a detour or a right turn in that roadmap. It's okay. It's so okay. Be flexible and give yourself grace and just remember your why. Remember why you're doing this and allow yourself to create the life that you want. So those are 10 very basic steps. There's a lot more behind each one of them, but that is sort of your, your 10 step plan. That's amazing. I love that. And what I'll say about it is that is all you need. You don't need an encyclopedia. You don't need everything else because what you need just that, because I've done it for my life to achieve some success in some areas. And I've interviewed a lot of successful people. Those key elements will unfold the knowledge you need, whether it's marketing, whether it's business, whether it's branding, whether it's that, whatever all that is, you just need that basic thing. The rest is details because it is never ending. Each day is something else that you learn. Like when I was doing um, my website the other day, I was, you know, I should have just hired it out, but I hired out partially, partially, but now I'm a little bit better at Photoshop. I still suck at it, but I made the icon, right? And I had to make mm -hmm. this stress guy icon and I was able to find it and swap it. And I was like, that's a cool icon. And it was like, right. this is a stupid thing, but I was so happy about it. And um, so, you know, that's, that's such a great outline there that you really, you can, you're going to learn the details. If you have the will, but you know what your why is and you figure that out and you just make that commitment. That's the important thing. We don't have this, this um, grounded foundation of where we would like to go. But once you have that and you start listening to yourself and you, you go through this, what do I value? What do I want to do? What I'm curious about? And you know that, then you connect and say, all right, like help me, you know, whatever way you want to do, like, let's do this. And the spirit and your friends and, and the environment will cooperate yeah. with you because you are the creator. You're starting to create your reality deliberately. And it doesn't mean it's easy or instant. And you're going to be really fulfilled in the process you, as you move forward, as you learn, as you, you know, all things worthwhile take effort. Yeah. And so if we can enjoy the process, that would be amazing. So one thing I want to ask specifically, and it's something vague, the specific one, <laughs> how do, how do we reward our, how do we reward ourselves? Cause I don't think I'm good at that. I actually am brutal at that. I remember going through like a whole day of work. I was like, I work for like 12 hours and I was like, oh man, like I didn't do this and this and this. Cause I have like all these big goals too, like writing other books yeah. and things like that. And I was like, yeah. I just literally worked all day and did so much, but all I did is focus on the thing that I, I didn't do. So that's not good. So I want to ask that. And then, um, I would talk to you for 20 hours, but I know you, you, you want food. You've been hustling all day. <laughs> you got a husband who's, who's hungry too. So I'll just um, open the floor to you. If there's anything that you want to cover or embellish on, I'm going to sit here and listen, but uh, I just want to make sure that there wasn't something specific that you wanted to chat about. Okay. Well, here's my very simple, specific answer to how you reward yourself in my book here. 
called chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got to find, look, literally it's either patting yourself on the back, a hot bath, a phone call to a friend that you haven't made time for, just an acknowledgement. I did that. Yay for me. That is another check mark against this roadmap of what I'm trying to do for my, my dream, my fantasy, my new career, my passion, whatever that is. If you're trying to just learn Italian and want to bring new languages into your life, maybe it's watching a movie in Italian. Maybe it's reading a magazine. You know, find, find a little something that you consider that really special aha moment and just Allow yourself, like literally just pat yourself on the back of, giddy up. I did that. Good on, you know, as we say in Australia, good on you, mate. You know, like you did it. Like I did that. I did that research. I made that one phone call that I was dreading to make. I, you know, dared to write a letter to someone saying, may I please be on your podcast? Hey, I wrote that letter to you, didn't I? I wrote you a letter and I said, I'd love to be on your podcast. And you wrote back and said, I would love to have you on my podcast. So if you don't try, you don't get. And I think that there's something in what I do every day. And just to kind of elaborate on something else that I would love to share is that I have spent 30 years, 32 technically running a company. I was a 24-year-old young lady trying to run a company 30, starting 32 years ago, we weren't living in a world where there was women's networks and women's organizations and social media holding up women and having all these chat groups and all the support system. No, I was 24. I decided I wanted my own business and I went out there and I just started building and creating and creating and building and surrounding myself with clients and people that would support my vision and my dream. And I made it happen, but I have worked every single day since I was probably, well, if you go back to college, because I worked through college and I grew up in the lap of luxury. I mean, let me tell you, I had a very privileged upbringing. So I learned what I wanted in my life, but I wasn't handed it at that point. So I have worked my entire life. And when you own your own business, it is 24-7, literally. You never stop thinking about it. You're never not accountable. You don't close the door at six o'clock and walk out the door and not think about it because it's not my problem and it's just a job. So hard work, but guess what? It's my playground. It's my work. It's my choice whether I want to work with those clients. I have a criteria about the people that I work with. If I'm going to be working at two o'clock in the morning or phone calls at six in the morning, I better like you and I better like what I'm talking about. And I think that's really important. We're entitled to have that. We are entitled to do what we want with our lives. And as long as we don't blow up the lives of those around us, that we're responsible for, that count on us, that love us, that we want to be connected to, and we can find a way to integrate those dreams and those passions into our lives, then yes, we're entitled to do that. And we've got to figure out how to do it so that we're all a little bit happier because happier people would make this world a much happier place. I love all that. I totally, I totally agree. I love it. This has been a pleasure. I I appreciate you and your work. And uh, I definitely invite people to check out the book. Um, Like I said, it's full of tools. And and my preference, if I'm reading a book, is that you need to give me some bloody tools. And those have been, those have been, (laughs) yeah, you know, you know, uh, autobiography of a yogi, something like that. Like I'm fine with that as more of a storybook, but if you're going to teach me something, you better give me some processes and they better be good. Um, and so I can see how you've laid it out. It is uh, very simple, but it's effective. It's not supposed to be complicated. You can figure everything out with will. You can do it. You can figure it all out. Just if you have will, one of the questions I'd like to, um, pose to some people I'm coaching and they're like, yeah, I would like to do this and that. And they're on the fence and stuff. Right. And I go, okay, I'm going to give you a scenario. Let's just say I was going to, you know, I was the grim reaper and I said, I'm going to murder your entire family in six months. If you haven't figured this out, will you figure it out? And they're like, yes. I was like, exactly. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I do the opposite. I say, if I were able, if I handed you a million dollars to get me the answer, could you? 
Could you figure it out if I, if I dangled a million dollars in front of you? It's funny how that incentivizes people. Yeah, too. well, I don't like the, I know it's, it's better to go the positive <laughs> way, but you know what they'll do? They'll get the money and then they'll start to slack off because then they got that reward. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, oh, right. this is nice. You right. got to give them something. Or maybe right. I'll be like, yeah, chop off your foot. You know? Yeah. And, and then actually, you know, on a side one, like I'll say to people too, like, let's say you lost both your legs or you lost both your arms. You had no arms. Um, you know, at that point, if I said you could get your arms back in three years, but you'd be like poor, would you would you take your arms back or would you take money? And they would always want the physical attribute. And I was like, we have this, we have so much now. If you can be yeah. grateful and whole and say, okay, I'm willing to put in that effort, you know, and be grateful from where I am in the process and yeah. what I have, and then I'm going to build this, right? Because you take something away and like, oh my goodness, like I would give up everything to get that back because I would understand that I could then apply my will to creating it. And that's all that's necessary. And you'll find books like yours. You'll find podcasts. You'll find that. And, and good for you for 24-year-old 24 24 year hustler. Yeah, you're in your fifties. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I mean, it's been look, it's been an amazing journey, and I will say that even the last eight months with being in COVID, I mean, launching a book, as I said earlier in the beginning of a pandemic, I had to like make my own reinvention plans right then and there, and say, okay, so the events, the parties, the the book signings can't do that anymore. So then I created the reinvention virtual chat. And now twice a week, I host this incredible experience on zoom. I have tons of people that come, I have guests on there and we talk about this and it's become like business and personal therapy for, for hundreds of people to enjoy this conversation. And I think I just did my 65th episode today. And Amazing. that was my, you know, my complete reinvention in the moment of my book launch plan. I was like, if I can't go to the bookstores, I'll bring the book launch events to me and my community. So all of those can actually be found. They're archived on the reinventionexchange.com if anybody wants to see those. But just great conversations, great interviews, digging in deeper into this conversation. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Where can people find... Thank you, you and your work and your book, is it Reinvention Exchange? Is that where they should go? It is the, the easiest way is to go to the reinventionexchange.com. I'm on every social media platform, um, pretty much Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, both under Kathy Sharp Ross, Kathy SR on Instagram, K-T-H-I, as you can't see because my chair and mic are in the way. Um, and uh, yeah, reinventionexchange.com. You can learn how to buy the book. The book's on Amazon. It's on Apple books. It's on Amazon. It's digital. It's paperback. Um, I just appreciate being able to share all of this with your audience and really appreciate the conversation with you. You're an amazing spirit and person. And I really love this. Uh, thank you so much. Well, right back at you. And I definitely invite people to get the book because uh, like I said, I vouch for it. I, I laid it out. I know it's legit. And I can tell um, just from our conversation, the level of mastery, you got to go through it. You know what I mean? You have lots of years of experience and, um, and, and you're giving a roadmap for people to do it themselves. And so um, just really well laid out. And I really appreciate this. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks everybody for watching. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, Matt. Bye. See ya.